0: Five, four, three, two, one. fun Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Pwn Podcast, your premier source for everything to do with the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris Atlay Force, the voice coming to you straight from the fall season, joined virtually by Sam at another Sam Chan, missing in action today, uh, keeping it real with his family is on the uh, Omnistrafe. Uh, but Sam, uh, what have you been up to since we last chatted only a week ago?
1: Absolutely Nothing much like much like news in the Overwatch League pretty much nothing.
0: Uh, okay, you're fair to point out that maybe there hasn't been a whole lot of Overwatch League news, but never fear. We here at RSP um did a little digging, gathered some content to share in this podcast and ultimately have uh some news to share on the Titans I, and Defiant front.
1: I mean, to be fair, it's like everybody listening now, it's it's going to be a solid hour, so
0: Oh yeah, totally. I mean, I, I like the sound of my own voice so much that I can just
1: talk and talk and talk. We've definitely done more with less. We'll give it that. That's true.
0: Uh, the other thing that I also want to uh, talk about straight off the top is again, extra life. Uh, we talked about uh, extra life and uh, what it means to us here at uh, Ready, Set, Pwn in our last episode. Uh, we are still, Looking to uh, recruit those of you who are part of our community to join us as we look to raise money for the Children's Miracle Network Hospital Foundation. Um, And that ultimately could be for those of you who happen to reside in the United States, those of you who happen to reside in Canada. You can support a Children's Miracle Network Hospital in either of those countries and help raise funds by being part of Team RSP. And the easiest thing to do is simply to go to our Extra Life uh, website, which, as far as a link is concerned, can be accessed by going to bitly slash RSP Extra Life twenty twenty, clicking the big join now button or join the team button and sign up. Now if being part of the team isn't maybe, you know, up your alley, I ask if you can to you know help promote. Uh, the Extra Life campaign on social media. Engage with us on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Retweet, like, um, even reply or or engage if you have questions. I'd be more than happy to to answer them. If you have questions, ask them. Uh, Any of us here at RSP would be happy to go and and provide the details that we have. But the campaign itself is a phenomenal one. Um, Specifically for me, uh, we're supporting the BC Children's Hospital Foundation. And I can speak firsthand that that hospital is top-notch but even though it is top-notch to stay that way, it requires the help of, of us out there. And as gamers, you know, what better way to support kids by playing games? So again, you'll see us talk about this on upcoming episodes. We'll talk about it on social. You'll talk about it in Discord. Uh, we actually started talking a little bit about it in uh, the Vancouver Titans Discord. And the hope is uh, we'll be talking about it in the Toronto Defiant Discord uh, soon enough. The other thing I wanted to talk about is the contest that we currently have live, sponsored by a listener of ours and one of our patrons, uh, Corin. He has generously donated uh, two skin codes to give away to a loyal listener. If you didn't catch this contest that we shared at the end of last episode, it requires you to leave us a message uh, where you give us your best either Titans or Defiant chant. Or if that is maybe not up your alley, I'm willing to accept the reason as to why you support the team that you do. Again, why do you support the Vancouver Titans? Why do you support the Toronto Defiant? One or both, doesn't really matter. Ultimately, the best uh, will win one of those codes. We hope to have one for each team. That's why there's two. And that contest is ongoing through to the grand finals. There's still plenty of time to enter. If you're curious how to get that to us, you have to wait until the end of the episode when I provide you those details. Last, what are we talking about this episode? Well, we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in the world of the Vancouver Titans and Toronto Defiant. There are some uh, tidbits to share. The Overwatch League is also going into their, uh, at least the start of their All-Star Weekend. So we've got All-Star news. There's news about uh, uh, Overwatch, about Blizzard, uh, some articles that uh, we've discovered that uh, we wanted to talk about. So you know what? Let's waste no further more of your time. Let's get ourselves into the payload.
1: Moving the payload. Join me.
0: The biggest news, at least of today. And if you happen to be listening to this podcast, as you would normally either Wednesday or a subsequent day and not tune into the live stream, because again, we are live on Twitch right now is that uh, Suna shared today in his discord that he has been sick. Uh, He had actually been offline for a number of days and he shared today that he's actually been battling COVID-19. I, I'll be quite frank. I don't know of really any other player in the Overwatch League uh, that has, unfortunately, in in this circumstance, you know, caught the virus. Uh, Suna has shared that he has. And in his own words, he described it as being uh, tough, um, that he's, he's sore and sick, Uh, but he did stream today and he seemed to be doing better. So, I'll take that as a sign that maybe he has experienced some tough symptoms, but not the severe ones that we've read about uh, either online or heard on the news uh, that potentially require hospitalization. But for those of you who listen to our podcast, who have been wondering like, Oh, you know, is COVID-19 real? I can assure you it is. And, you know, sooner picking it up uh, is really no different than you or I, it is yes, a virus that your body has to, to deal with. And for some of us, it may require, you know, medical intervention and, and heaven forbid something more significant than that. So, you know, from uh, myself here at RSP, I'm sure I can speak for Sam and Oni and really our entire community, Sunna, um, please, you know, uh, stay safe, obviously, you know, take whatever time you need, do whatever you need to do to, to get better. And then we're all uh, thinking of you. Yeah,
1: for sure. Get well soon, Suna.
0: Prior to learning this today, though, we did have a a rundown that uh, started off uh, with us talking about the Toronto Defiant, and they have started their search for a head coach. So in our last episode, we talked about how their interim head coach uh, had been let go, and and as a result, uh, you know, what might uh, be needed to, to start the process over. Well, they are looking to find someone. Now, you might be wondering, well, how do you know? Well, the Toronto Defiant, quite publicly, had uh, shared the uh, a tweet and, and through all their social channels that they are looking for a head coach, and uh, myself and, and many others decided, ah, oh, let's go take a look at the job description. I mean, I was curious, like, could Chris at Lifeforce become the head coach of the Toronto Defiant? I'll tell you straight up, not at all, because I do not meet any of the uh, the job requirements within the uh, summary of uh, responsibilities. But what I thought we would do is sort of talk a little bit about this, this overview that was shared, because I find it quite interesting, some of the responsibilities that I think, you know, we may believe a head coach is accountable for. And then in turn, what the Toronto Defiant are looking for, and they might, you know, may not correlate to what you imagine. So first and foremost, this head coach is not going to report to a general manager. So for those of you who were to go and, and wonder, well, like with the Vancouver Titans, who's their GM? Well, yes, it's unclear as to who's what within sort of the Vancouver Titans organization. It occurs to me that based on what the Toronto Defiant are doing is it's not unusual not to have sort of that titled GM. So in this case, the head coach is going to be reporting to the VP Global Team Performance, which is a position that I would imagine is above all of their esports franchises. Now, They're also noting that it's to the chief strategy officer on an interim basis. Well, the chief strategy officer right now happens to be Adam Adamo. So whomever they hire is going to be reporting to Adam on an interim basis. But uh, the VP global team performance is the one who's ultimately going to be calling the shots. Beyond this, the actual responsibilities of the head coach are very much general manager-esque. So it's not that VP of global team performance. That's a real, you know, mouthful of a role that's going to be making all decisions. It's the head coach that's actually going to be the one managing their staff. Um, So they talk about building a roster that requires scouting and competitive intelligence, managing staff and rosters, requiring strong leadership. Uh, Player refinement requires the head coach to ensure systems practices are in place for player development in furtherance of continual improvement. Building a strategy for winning champions, requiring a deep knowledge and understanding of the game, the meta, the interpersonal relationships of the players relative to their skills in order to maximize the performance. Ultimately, based on that, that almost feels like what we would consider a general manager. Yes, the title is head coach, and yes, they're, you know, they're probably responsible for the, the game plan, so to speak. But I think we're now going to see sort of those duties fall to other coaching roles, whether it be an assistant coach, whether it be an analyst, whether it be a strategic coach. I mean, all the different coaching um, roles that we've seen within the Overwatch League. But having taken an opportunity yourself, Sam, to to read over the, uh, the job requirements and responsibilities, are you going to uh, throw in your application?
1: I mean, only if I'm only giving us more material to talk about week over week, right? The fastest oh. the fastest hire and the fastest fire in in Overwatch League history. Yeah, damn straight. I mean,
0: if you happen to go and get hired by the Toronto Defiant, you're totally going to become the RSP insider. <laughs> I mean, we'll keep that on the down low. No one will And therefore
1: it. break my NDA immediately. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's um, – um, okay, sorry, go ahead. Yeah,
1: like, if correct me if I'm wrong, they, they're also currently without a GM too, right?
0: Well, so – but that's the thing is, yes, they don't have a GM. Like, they have not replaced, uh, you know, Jay, who, who had sort of either stepped down, retired – We'll talk about Jay a little bit later. And uh, ultimately, they had Lobao as their interim head coach when Feifei had stepped down. And I guess Adam was probably the guy at the top, unless you could sort of consider broy there. But I, I kind of feel that broy was more in the
1: coaching capacity.
0: So to your answer your question, no, there is no GM.
1: Yeah, I I think in esports and maybe maybe specifically more Overwatch, they're still trying to figure out what the... What the core roles are called, like like case in point, we we often th- reference, you know, hockey, a bit of basketball, things like that, because those those are mainstream here. But like if we we go over to your other love or your first love in some instances, soccer, or football, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it, like like we don't call them head coaches. We call them managers because they're, yes. they're managing players. Right. Um, I think that's what they call it in baseball, too. Right.
0: The, so, yes, yeah, so the, ma- the of, manager, right? like they, so the manager is the guy essentially in charge of all of the different bench coaches. Um So there might be a bench coach, first place coach, batting, coach, like all the different coaches are quite positional yeah. or purpose driven. The manager is sort of the person at the top of that,
1: rounds it off and in, in into place, right? So, yeah. so like I, I think like we're we're getting into semantics a little bit here with with like okay, was well, is this a coach's role? Is this a GM role? Um I think at the end of the day every team obviously needs um whether you call them coaches or analysts or both like you need players, you need people that are watching what your own teammates are doing but also what the competition is doing and and you know taking strategies and and improving and 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 so so that's what we would classify as coaching um but they all, we what's really important that we'll talk a little bit about later is is this kind of team relations team manager role which is which is the connection between the team the players potentially agents, um, like there, there's like all these kind of you know different parties that are all serving their own specific interests. Hopefully, all these align when when the parties join together. Mm-hmm. But like you know, being the glue people between all these different parties, making sure they're all happy, I think like that's become essential as well. And then of course, there's kind of your strategic managerial operations. Um, and then and then later we get into the boring stuff nobody ever likes to talk about like sponsorship and making sure your sponsors are happy and all that kind of stuff so so like there's all these kind of floating bits and I think what we're seeing is 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 overactive is trying a little bit of a reorg maybe maybe mm-hmm. not on the surface um because you know they're still trying to hire a head coach or, or whatnot um but but I wouldn't be surprised if they end up not filling the GM role and and it kind of goes direct like the 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 coach also kind of handles a bit of the the team personnel for example um yeah because because i mean back when we just covered only covered the titans it was kind of speculative like okay well if there was a general manager for the titans would they have would they have over over who plays game to game or who's on the roster or who would be good on the roster like those kind of moves or is it purely kind of logistical management of of the team Right. And and we we never really got a finalized answer off that. Right. But but in terms of of maybe what the Defiant have learned after, you know, three years is a lot of that player decision making, you know, the coaches are referencing to the GM. I, I'm making this up by the way, but like, but like they're telling the the GMs like, hey, so and so isn't working out. What if we took a look at at this other player? Yeah. Um and and so why have that extra person? If that coach can, you know, obviously with the support of other, other team members around them, make those decisions themselves. So, so in some ways I can kind of see it making sense, but I think to the initial discussion that we were talking about in discord, when the news initially dropped, it seemed like they were asking for an awful lot out of one person.
0: Sure. And you know, we would be remiss not to point out that when you read through the overview, there are some other positions that come into play. So, for instance, um, one of the responsibilities is to work with both the team manager, Toronto Defiant, and director, team operations, North America, to align with OAM's Overactive Media business unit. Mm-hmm. The fact that they have a team manager, com, Toronto Defiant, leads me to believe that that person is also an all now. A don't necessarily know if that team manager position is above the head coach between them and a director of sort of team operations, or as we're going to talk a little bit about uh, later, based on an article that uh, uh, over GG had uh, published about this role of a team manager and what it entails is is sort of either lateral or below. Like, again, there's we're not entirely sure of the structure, but functionally, this head coach position does seem to be elevated based on what we've come to expect. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah and and the the comma to toronto defiant leads me to believe that there should be a team manager comma toronto ultra team manager comma Mad mm-hmm. lions etc cetera, etc cetera.
0: now if you go through and you read this and you're ready to apply the only two qualifications that are, are actually listed now as with any job posting there are always qualifications that are within the actual job overview and job description that you need to meet. But the two listed qualifications are bilingual in English slash Korean and coaching certification considered an asset. So not a requirement, simply an asset. And then experience in Overwatch League and or contenders also considered an asset. So again, not a requirement. What I find interesting about that is, uh, you know, the Toronto Defiant or Overactive Media are sort of allowing themselves wiggle room that if they find the right person for the job, they're actually willing to consider bringing someone in if they feel that they'll excel. I'll admit, I think that that would be a significant roll of the dice in some respect, but I do applaud the, you know, the organization to sort of keep their mind open to the possibility of how they can, you know, leverage a competitive advantage by having the right person in the right job.
1: Well, it sounds like I'm halfway there because both my Korean and English are both ass. So just need the ET now.
0: (laughs) You said it, not me.
1: Yeah. One last thing I'll highlight before we move on is is my favorite part of this uh, job application, if you dig in the details, is the section about conflict resolution and mediation. So the head coach should be the first mediator in situations of conflicts between players, coaching staff, or players and coaching staff in situations where the head coach is involved in a conflict in such a way as to make this role as either a neutral, arbitrator, impossible team operations that Toronto Defiance should fulfill this role. So, so it seems like they're, they're well-planned for a mutiny, um, but also that also disqualifies pretty much every single person we know um, in RSP family.
0: What are you talking about? I am the most neutral arbiter that exists. (laughs) Hands down. Um, Maybe fingers crossed. You're right. I don't know if that's a sort of cover all bases or if it happens to be a experience learned. We truly don't know. But you're right. It is there. If you are interested in applying, uh, the Toronto Defiant Twitter account's got it, I believe, pinned. If not pinned, it might have been replaced by their uh, tournament that we're going to talk about in a moment. Um, We've tweeted from RSP, and you can find the link in RSP Discord as well. Moving right along, let's talk a little bit about the All-Stars. So the Overwatch League All-Stars were announced. The Vancouver Titans have one All-Star. The Toronto Defiant have three. So Shockwave is the sole Vancouver Titans all-star representative you'll understand why i'm sort of emphasizing with air quotes all-star representative uh whereas the toronto defiant actually have uh one in each category of of dps damage tank support they also are holding these sort of all-star showcase events and dalton made it uh, in the widow one v one for for Vancouver. Uh, meanwhile, Toronto had a fourth uh, in Logics uh, make it to the uh, the same uh, event. Now, what does this this all you know mean? Well, it sounds like the Overwatch League wanted to ensure representation from every team within the league. And considering where Vancouver sort of placed uh, and sort of how new many of their players were, I guess it was determined by whomever makes these determinations. The Shockwave was really the only one up to snuff. Now, you might argue, well, wait a minute. Toronto didn't do significantly better than Vancouver. No, but I mean, I don't have a problem with Agility's Korea and Nevex. And we also have to take into consideration that Asia and North America are two separate all star regions. So there's this difference of teams. Like there's more NA teams that need to be in the mix, fewer.
1: So this Asian. is where, actually, like you mentioned that. You didn't have a problem. I definitely have a problem. I don't think Nevix is an all-star. I don't think it is is an all-star. Really? In fact, if I were to pick, uh, if I had to pick a Defiant DPS, I would prefer Logics, who was much more consistent over the, the entirety of the season. But I don't understand why a 17th place team has three all-stars in the tournament regardless. And that's not even a knock. That's just factual. Hmm. Like...
0: Okay, well, we'll talk more about the All-Stars in the fray, but we also have to consider the NA All-Stars are taking place uh, essentially the week before the Grand Finals where you have two NA teams that are are set up in, in I presume, Korea. So I can't imagine it's, it's easy to have representatives uh, from either the Fusion or the Shock as involved in this event considering the time zones that... Uh, are are at play but i mean i i guess what you're saying holds true the the lower place team having as much representation as they do doesn't add up especially when you consider well, a, another i think, I think we'll, i'll save my full
1: comments for for how the all-star roster shape because honestly even at this very moment when we're recording here i don't get it because because there's actually there's shock players on the north american team there's shock players on the asian team like like any any way I kind of slice it, I could I couldn't make sense of it. And there's there's players on the fusion teams on both sides. And to top it all off, like when we're saying North America, are we saying North American teams? Because if we're saying North American teams, the majority of the teams obviously are in the North American region. If we're saying North American players, then like how is Shockwave the North American All-Star?
0: OK, so it's 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 NA region where the team was based Asia region NA region not.
1: So so I thought about that. But Choi Hillbin is in the Asian region.
0: Okay, well, we'll talk more about the All-Stars in the fray, where you can ask a series of questions and I can do my best uh, to, to address
1: them. Please represent they, the league as I grill them.
0: As, as they come <laughs> in. Um, Toronto Defiant are hosting a throwback tournament this weekend. So on, uh, on the 27th, kicking things off at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific, uh, each of the Toronto Defiant players is uh, essentially forming a team and the throwback tourney is going to have them face off for a pretty prize. It's actually, I think five uh, five grand US that's uh, up for grabs in the prize pool. Now the the tournament itself is a 10 team goats tournament. So each of Agility's Beast, Car Cruise, Logic Nevix, Numlock, Rocky, Shurfor, and Zik are all picking a team how this will all sort of play out. I imagine teams will just work into a draw and then continue to sort of play. Uh, it's a single elimination bracket. So ultimately if you lose, you're out and then see you later. Um, but uh, Vancouver Titan soon is involved. Zick uh, chose him to be on, it, on his team. Um, Zick also has uh, FD God on, on his team, a few others. Um, Numlock has a, uh, a, uh, you have to check out numlock's tweet if you haven't he 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 put in pictures which is uh which is really awesome um who else uh had are, tweeted? are
1: we supposed to know any of those people because because i'll admit i i have no idea
0: well I, I i'll admit i don't know either but i mean you got to consider like they're probably also looking to pull from the competitive scene which is kind of cool uh then you have kareev who's got a pretty solid team, uh, including Custa, who's going to be playing with uh, with crew. He's got KSF, linkser Dreamer, Space. Um, let me see here. Uh, Agilities uh, uh, has got Silk Thread. Uh, Ballin's playing on on Agilities' team, which is kind of cool. Um, I like how Agilities announced his roster and included him in it. Everyone else <laughs> is like the five, but Agilities included Agilities in case it wasn't... Uh, made sure it tagged himself, right? Yeah, he tagged himself. Make sure it wasn't. It was. Clear. I'm just so,
1: waiting for see who gets the sideshow sweepstakes.
0: Well, okay, no one has, as far as I know, no one has chosen sideshow though. I haven't seen the the rosters from all ten teams. And just to clarify, reading up about this uh, a little bit better, it's a group stage that goes into a 14 single elimination bracket. So, the group stage, I guess, will probably be split into what two groups of five, maybe. And then top two on each. I don't know. I mean, again, it's not like there's a website I can go to. Uh, it is going to be broadcast this weekend on youtube.com uh, slash Toronto Alliance, so the Toronto Defined YouTube channel. We also know, uh, based on conversations that we've had uh, with uh, Richard, or as you would know him, a uh, great root bearer on, uh, on social media. He's also a member of the Toronto Alpha Flight, uh, is that uh, there are going to be multiple sort of streams. I think uh, our friends over at CA Overwatch might be hosting one. Uh, there might be others, but the intent is to tr- to provide you as much action that you can watch. Because if you were to consider the number of sort of teams that are involved and the number of the matches that need to be played, the multiple streams thing makes sense. Unfortunately, us here at uh, RSP couldn't uh, logistically make it work, um, but we're a you know functioning podcast. And ultimately we like our voices. That's where our experience lay. So we'll break everything down next week and hopefully uh, be able to provide you insight uh, that we were to glean from that tournament. Staying with the Toronto Defiant, if you didn't hear the Canadian Game Awards uh, were held uh, this past week and the Toronto Defiant won an award for best Canadian esports organization, which is phenomenal. But I am I have to ask this question, and this is not shade at the Toronto Defiant. Would it not be overactive media as the the esports organization? And if it's not, like I, I would have maybe thought the Toronto Ultra would have taken the award. And again, I I don't know the the inner workings as to the selection process uh, for esports org or what qualifies as esports org, but I would think that the Toronto Ultra had a more successful season. When all is said and told, but then that may be discounting the Toronto defiance performance, especially when we consider the, uh, the summer showdown. So.
1: <laughs> I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, I think the ultra overachieved and the defiant underachieved. Right. Um, sure. But I think we're judging it from more of a, a competitive lens. Like we, mm-hmm. we obviously nobody asked us for votes. So, so <laughs> So it's not it's not purely based on on results driven or anything like that. And I mean, we've gone over and over and over again. Like the Define have done a great job of cultivating um, a community over over this brand, and and you know, hopefully that evolves for for everyone's sake, including our own. Yeah.
0: And then the last thing I wanted to talk to you about the payload actually sort of impacts both the Toronto Define and the Vancouver Titans. So let's start off with an article that uh, was published on. Uh, Overwatch GG or OverGG for those uh, who might follow. Uh, An article was published about the unsung role of managers in the Overwatch League. And and I actually found it a real interesting article, an interesting read. Um, It uh, talked to a number of managers such as Swing Chip and uh, Avala. Um, And there was uh, Stephen Kim from the Excel series. So in, in speaking to all these different managers, talked about not only sort of the manager's journey as to how they got into the position they are, but really what was up with their day to day. And, you know, some of the, the things that we learned were weren't too much as a surprise. Uh, I mean, when we, we think about the, the concept of what the manager is up to is really they're They're like the player support, you know, personnel department. They're there to ensure that, uh, the players themselves focus on on what it is their job happens to be, and that is the game, you know, playing the game, what have you. So it might be helping the players out to ensure that their uh, their gear is ready. Um, we think back to conversations we've had here on the podcast and some of the comments like Vancouver Titans players that expresses their inability to go out and get groceries or, or not really understanding the area. Well, that's sort of where the manager sort of fills that void. And if we think specifically to the Vancouver Titans, that's sort of a role that Harsha kind of played in their first season, so last year. But the interesting tidbit as it uh, pertains to the Vancouver Titans is actually about Swing chip. So, Swing Chip, who happens to be the, the team manager for the, the Florida Ma'am currently, had actually reached out to the Vancouver Titans last year about uh, any possibility of becoming involved with the team. And, uh, the Vancouver Titans, uh, essentially rebuffed her, her inquiry, advising her that they were looking for someone on site in, in Los Angeles. Now the translator role that was filled at the time that was June who, uh, who took it. Now, I don't know if what swing chip was inquiring was about the translator role or a potential manager position, because that wasn't entirely clear within the, the article itself, but why this is, is interesting, and she does go on to talk about how much of what we saw that took place within the Titans and sort of the old roster exploding, disappearing, whatever you might want to call it, um, may have been related to sort of the hole that was left when Harsha departed. And it really wasn't that team manager position. The person that sort of helps the players bridge into the community that they're new to. Um, There are some other sort of conversation as to how, you know, players in the Korean scene don't forget, you know, situations such as these. And that might impact the ability of the Vancouver Titans to acquire top Korean talent moving forward. So if you are a a fan of the Vancouver Titans or simply, you know, curious about the team manager role, I I strongly encourage you to give
1: this article a read. Yeah, no, I think, I think their swing chip definitely took some swings, Mm. yes, pun intended at, at the Titans, but I, I think when the Titans roster kind of dissolved back in February, like it was obviously us inside Vancouver, we were heavily impacted, but I think it was impactful throughout the the league because, because these guys like starting with Ruejeham, Hom, but I mean, I mean like even the rest of the runaway squad as well as Fisher, like, well, it feels, it feels so foreign to talk about now, but um, like these guys all had a lot of clout in, in, in the overwatch scene, definitely in Korea, right? Like, and, and I'd say even in the overwatch scene overall, because back in 2016, when a lot of these really young players that we're now talking about, like, these are the guys that they looked up to when they first started in the league. Right. So, mm-hmm. so I feel like the, the impact um, of, you know, what boiled over is, is going to stick for, for a while. And I'm not talking about the PR. I'm not talking about the press. I just mean their their reputation is an org. Like, um, that that curb is gonna gonna be pretty steep to to cover and and i think you know if i don't want to steal the limelight away from Swingship, but but it definitely definitely stings um one other note i will mention like not titans related is is avala also mentioned maybe not to the same degree but similar things with with the justice about how how she was supposed to be a coach for the support so she wouldn't be allowed to talk to, to add she, their DPS.
0: It's kind of weird. Like, you know, to use your sort of traditional sports reference, we're talking about baseball. The first base coach and the batting coach probably talk because they see different things they might mention to a player. Like, I wouldn't necessarily want to silo your, your players that significantly.
1: Hang yeah, on. so just... A lot of lot of strange stuff, and I and I think that just kind of points back to you know this scene. It's it's young. Yeah.
0: The other article that uh, came down the pipeline, it was actually a combination of an article and a video. Uh, is a former Toronto Defiant GMJ? Uh, he sat down with Yiska over at uh, GG Recon. And if you're interested, you can watch the full video. But the article has been edited for for content and conveys most of the major points. It really talks about uh, his insight into the role of being the general a general manager in the Overwatch League, um, specifically sort of what might have gone on uh, as he was in Toronto, uh, how his sort of new role in uh, uh, I guess the sort of player management side. So he's he's now you know working for an agency. What that's like, and he talks sort of about the Overwatch League and esports at large. Uh, some of the things that he he talked about one was about the support that you know would be necessary for players, and he also suggests that uh, a greater uh, interest is made in regards to the uh, uh, you know sort of mental health or or the maybe the addition of sports psychologists uh, simply because you know the players for many of them they're out of their you know comfortability zone uh, they're in an entirely new location an entirely new environment and he does point out like when you think about all the competitive esports scenes the overwatch league is functionally one of the toughest to to be part of there are so many changes that take place over the course of the season there are so many events and it's bang 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 add in what happened over the past year with the pandemic and it was you know much more Uh, tough on on the players themselves. Uh, Another point that uh, he talks a little bit about salary inflation. Now, he doesn't name organizations, but he says for the Overwatch League, it's not so much that can inflate it. Sometimes you get individual orgs that will just throw their weight around. And I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing. Do you have a large budget and you want to win? Just New York Yankees the hell out of it. I wonder who that might have been. (laughs) I'm sure there are maybe other teams out there that New York Yankee, and if you don't know the baseball reference, the New York Yankees are, if not the top spender in major league baseball, they're up there. There are actually low pay, low payroll teams, low revenue teams that probably get more money from the New York Yankees based on the luxury tax in that league. than they make with the, the fans that come through the gate into their, their stadium. That's that's how much money the New York Yankees will throw around. So, his his mention of that, in my mind, sort of speaks to how some of the teams and maybe another Canadian team uh, tried to operate. Now he doesn't go and say that this is bad. You can do that, but he talks about there also needing to to be an understanding of of what you need to do when it comes to you know building out your organization for sustainability. And he doesn't feel that throwing money at
1: the salute or the problem is always the best solution. Yeah, and and like I I love the Yankee comparison, but I think for for every Yankee team there's also a Kansas City, right? So so like I think it balances itself out at the end. I think like what I found kind of fascinating about this is is you know this perspective of the new contracts. I think he breaks it down pretty well on how it's a it's definitely more beneficial to orgs than it is players. Mm-hmm. And I think historically we've tried to kind of balance both sides, you know, what's beneficial to the org or the or the team versus what's beneficial to the players, and and unfortunately it doesn't doesn't always work for both sides every single time, right? Um. So so I feel like you know you guys really gonna got give this article a read, um, and it'll help you kind of understand what the players themselves are are getting into, um, in terms of like. I I think the way to, to approach this is is you know you imagine yourselves in both the player's role and in the org's role and you kind of compare it to to whatever your day job is right like and then it become the the whole working environment becomes so much more crazy because like one other thing that he talked about was was burnout right and mm-hmm. burnout happens in in every position i don't think it's it's you know locked in on on esports or anything, but he was talking about, you know, working eighty hours to I think a hundred hours or something like that. And like the the crazy part is fifteen minutes ago, we were just here talking about how the Dural Defined might not fill that role at all. So sure. they're gonna take a hundred hour a week, or sorry, I'm exaggerating an eighty hour a week role away and where does that work go? <laughs> so so like I it's it, like all of the stuff that's coming out at the same time is, is super fascinating to me. And, and I think at the end of the day, like where I struggle to, to place my allegiances is I think the overwatch league was extremely, extremely ambitious. And I think every day that goes by, it just feels a little bit more like they, they bit off more than they could chew instead of, instead of growing a, a ecosystem, not just a league mm-hmm. more organically.
0: And then one final note from the article, and this is something that, you know, I know for those of you who listen to the podcast that are members of uh, RSPCord have, have talked about is players immediately jumping into Discord or going on social media and apologizing for losses. He actually talks about how he told his players not to go on social media after a loss, not to go on to Reddit, not to go on to Discord, because one... There are some hot takes, including those from podcasters. And he <laughs> doesn't actually say podcasters, but they're definitely hot takes. And two, it, it doesn't you know serve any benefit. You, you obviously tried to play well enough to win. It didn't work out that way. And now you're going to have a bunch of people telling you how to do your job who may or may not have a clue of how you actually do your job. So if you are a Overwatch professional player or someone who is in the competitive scene, I think that's sage advice. Don't need to go into social media right away. Take a moment, collect yourself, take that breath, maybe even sleep on it before you do. You'll be better for it, trust me. Uh, It's one of the reasons why I try not to go into social media after all of our episodes go live, because I I, I might be a big guy, but I'm actually pretty soft.
1: (laughs) Take a shower, walk it off. Yeah.
0: So we're going to take ourselves a quick break here uh, before we go into the fray. mentioned in the payload, it is All-Star Weekend, at least for the Asia region, and uh, based on that, uh, we thought we'd spend some time talking a little bit about this All-Star format, considering that there are actually two All-Star Weekends for uh, front of us, and as well, the players who have made both teams. So, being that the uh, Asia region is what's kicking off this weekend, for those of you who happen to be on the West Coast, things kick off at 1 a.m. Pacific, On Saturday, September 6th, if you happen to be on the uh, East Coast or at least in Eastern Standard Time, uh, then you're going to be looking at this kicking off at 4 a.m. Eastern. Now, the Asian region runs for six hours, North America only four. I'll get to why that might be in a moment. Well, let's talk a little bit about the the prize pool. So in the Asian region, the all-star winner is going to get 90 grand. The Widowmaker 1v1 winner, they get 15. Uh, The Widowmaker 1v1 runner-up gets 7,500. And then Asia has its own groups of matches that North America doesn't have, which I don't quite understand. However, the Winston skill challenge winner is going to get four grand. The Genji skill challenge gets four grand. The Anna skill challenge gets four grand. And the Who is Meta winner, which is essentially a, a hero gauntlet, gets three grand. Now, as far as the players who made the Asia region, so I'm just going to run through them quite quick. You've got Choi Obin, as Sam already mentioned, uh, who is a San Francisco Shock player, but is playing in the Asia region. Fearless, Ameng, Void, Mano, Hanbin, Guxue, Krong, Fleta, Decay, uh, who is a just Washington Justice player who I guess has either made the trip home or is still in the U.S., is playing there. Interesting uh profit and so again san francisco shock player uh Haxall yaki carpe again plays for the fusion myungbong violet plays for the shock alarm plays for the fusion myungbong actually plays for the the uprising so again kind of weird but maybe he went home i don't know uh lee jigong uh shu jonak toby and it's yaki so you're right i'm not entirely sure sort of the structure there I don't necessarily have an issue with maybe shock or fusion players playing, right? Because that kind of makes sense. Like they're in the Asian region for the grand finals, time zones, sure. But then you start to wonder about the likes of Decay and Myungbong and 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 what have you. Again, NA kind of NA sort NA based teams. I shouldn't say NA teams because there are NA teams like New York Excelsior in Korea, so.
1: Yeah. Like, honestly, I don't, I don't understand it. And my, my best case scenario with all of this is confusion. And at the worst case, like, honestly, if I'm, I guess I am live, but like, if I'm being blunt, there's a bit of anger because the only way I can paint it in my head that this makes sense has to do with skin color. And, and I hate that I'm bringing this up, but it's, it's reality. Like, I don't understand if we're, we're arguing that the shock should be playing in the Asia region. Cause they're already moved there. Like Super's there right now. Like the entire shock team is in Asia right now. They're doing their quarantine or whatever it is. So if, if, you know, we're rewarding these guys um, as, as all-stars in a chance to in, win some extra bucks, which, you know, well-deserved to, to each of them, then, you know, make them play in a situation that's, that works for them. Uh, on the other hand, like you were mentioned, decay, Yaki, like, are they in Asia right now? Are they in, in like, you know, still in Washington and Florida, et cetera. Like, I don't know. Um, it's just, it's just weird. And then the, the split between like having shock players on both sides, like what's going to happen when super needs to go play for the NA all-star games, but he's on Korea time. Um, and he's not the only one. I'm, I'm just looking down this list, like moth, funny Astro. Um, yeah, like it's just, I and I, I, actually, even even when it comes to race, I don't understand it. So, so like I just, I just don't completely don't get it. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, I mean, there are there are so many things about. The, yeah, there's many things about the Overwatch League that are left unexplained. This happens to be one of them. Now, player a section, player selection aside, the players are being broken into teams. So, in the Asian region, you have the AAA team, and they'll be playing against Team Universe. And then uh, we'll talk about NA in a moment, but NA has two teams: Team Reinhardt versus Team Diva. So I don't know <laughs> who got to choose the names—if it was the coaches or if it was the players. But let's talk a little bit about the events, event itself, or events. So the All Star Game, the All Star Game is going to be at most four maps, but best of three, essentially. So map one is a standard competitive six v six on a hybrid map. Map two is where the teams pick the opponent roster and they play on an escort map. So each team gets to say, okay, these are the six we want to play against for the map. Each team will submit six heroes for a two, two, two comp to be played by the opposing team and the players will not be required to play their traditional roles. So uh, if we were to give this as an example, uh shockwave, you know, might play Reinhardt if that is how things work. But again, the players get to sort of make those adjustments map three tiny overwatch workshop mode so all the players start off with a tiny character model but they grow in size as they do damage and healing using a control map so this is going to be funky as all sorts and if for some reason there is a tie map four is all damage all tank all support on a first to two control map each round will feature all players playing one specific role so that is equal the other event Widowmaker 1v1. So the Widowmaker 1v1, eight players are going to be invited to participate in a single elimination tournament. It's headshots only, no assault rifle fire, no capture point. Uh, Oppositions are real after 60s. This is pretty standard. We've we've seen this in the past. The thing that, um, you know, I find interesting is that I guess they... Overwatch League decided we're going to have the Widowmaker 1v1, but we know we don't have enough damage players across the board that can all play Widowmaker. So let's go in and and uh, sprinkle in a few more. So Dalton finds his way into Team North America, uh, as does Logics, And that's uh, also complementing Shockwave, who is already there. Um, so that takes place. But then if you happen to be in, in the Asia all-star uh, bracket, where there are fewer teams in, based in Asia, but equal number of players, they're going to play more matches. There's a Winston Skills Challenge, which is essentially a 1v1 single elimination tournament between Winston v. Winston. And then there's a Genji Skills Challenge, 1v1. There's an Anna Skills Challenge, 1v1. And then there is the Who is the Meta, which is essentially, uh, it says, eight players in the Asia region with the best fleda deadl- deadlift percentages will compete in a hero gauntlet match. The Fleta deadlift is when a player accounts for 50% or more of the team's final blows in a map win. Okay, so I don't understand why the Asian region gets these additional matches in the longer amount of time. Like, I I, I can't explain that. Like, I would think in a showcase event, you'd want to go in and, and have, you know, more playing unless, unless this happens to, to have to do with the talent takedown. But even then, Asia has a, its own talent takedown. So... You know, in NA they're gonna play four maps in Asia, they're only gonna play two. So is it that they expect the talent takedown in North America to go the additional like how many ever hours? It's <laughs> it's so weird.
1: Yeah, like I I mean I already went off once. Like I, I don't know, like Winston challenge, Genji Challenge, Ana Challenge, these all sound cool, like when 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 we think about it, it's like, oh yeah, we get to see who which Ana is the best. But like from a from a spectator standpoint, like the, the widow was fun, but it got dull pretty fast. So, so like, I can't imagine going through this with like three other one V ones, um, going back to like one of our, our kind of repetitive themes throughout the season. Like it really does feel like the, the ones behind creating events like this, think that we're just going to sit there for eight hours straight, watching whatever they they throw our way so so like that that's my only explanation for this
0: you Um, might if you want to earn tokens to you know unlock those uh all-star i mean if i watch all
1: all of these challenges will i be able to make it to those 200 tokens to get that diva skin?
0: no not enough but it might get you the few that you need um anyhow if you happen to be wanting to uh, watch the NA uh, All Star tournament, that's actually going to be on October third. And uh, as far as who made the uh, NA All Star roster, so going through is Super, who happens to be in Asia but playing in NA. You got Space, Ben Best, McGravy, Hydration, nevix Poco, Shockwave, Soon, KSP. Okay. Uh, You know, Poco, who's also in Asia, I should have pointed that out. KSP, Dante, Agilities, Nico, Dogman, Crimzo, Jeski, Kariv, Moth, who again, Asia, but plain. FD God and Funny Astro, who Asia, but plain. So, there you have it. And I'm not going to tilt Sam anymore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Where's Uh, XE?
0: Well, you know, again, maybe... (laughs) I don't know, man.
1: I don't want to revisit it. Let's, Let's just move on. (laughs)
0: now what's had happened in the Overwatch League uh, beyond the announcement of the All-Stars well Chengdu released their entire coaching staff so co-head coaches Ray and Chen were were released as was their assistant coach Gary Um, they're bringing back Rui who had left the Hunters over the course of the season due to health issues Rui's coming back but they also announced as part of this change they're no longer partnered with the Royal Never Give Up so Again, changes happening in Chengdu. And then the other adjustment is Gurinsha, the strategic coach for the New York Excelsior, has left NYXL. So, no player adjustments as far as we know. uh, No further changes, though. Again, the season itself is not yet over. I imagine we're going to start to hear more and more as the, the weeks go on. Have you ever wanted to play in the Overwatch League, Sam?
1: I can't say I have.
0: Well, let's say you're suddenly motivated. The Washington Justice are holding 2021 season tryouts beginning this weekend. Exact timing to be determined. They released a tweet today inviting everyone to open tryouts. Now, open tryouts in the competitive scene aren't completely out of the ordinary uh, and you got to consider if you want to you know show your stuff this is probably how you go about doing it essentially you have to fill in a google form and then in turn that. based on the form details i presume they sort of pre-screen and then reach out to you and and get you set up on the tryout um but uh, if you're interested in joining it Uh, You need to be free during the week of of September uh, 28th. So again, it sort of starts this weekend, but goes on to the next week. Uh, You need to include your email, your Discord username, the location you're going to be trying out from the list of the previous teams you've played for. So Team RSP, obviously, for you and I. Uh, Your current contract status. Are you a free agent? Do you have a current contract? And then your peak SR. So again, I'm going to presume they're going to pre-screen based on the details that you submit.
1: Well, I don't think you and I need to go to this open tryout. We have the inside scoop with uh well, we've been teammates with Stitch before, so, so we, we were. have that we, we were teammates built with Stitch. In, we have that built-in chemistry. I don't think we need to go in the open market.
0: No, no, not at all. I mean, like we were we we unfortunately could not carry Stitch. We tried. We could not carry Stitch. You on main tank, me some, on Some 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 dudes are just too short. Oh, we just lost Uh,
1: all our subscribers there.
0: But if you are are wanting to try out, again, uh, the Washington Justice Twitter account is where you want to go, the tweets there, Google Form, fill it in. If any one of our listeners are trying out, I would love to hear from you. And again, I'm not going to make fun of it. I I genuinely would support anyone who does. Um, I hope they find uh, uh, some talent and in turn it turns into something for all of you who uh, throw your hat into the ring. As far as the game's concerned, Tracer Comet Challenge is still going on. If you haven't uh, got your nine wins to get the skin in-game, get at it. I think this is the last week. And second of all, there are also sprays and in-game rewards uh, for those of you who watch Overwatch streams. So if the Twitch streamer has drops enabled and you watch X number of hours, I think it's up to, I want to say six hours of Overwatch on Twitch, you'll get Tracer Sprays. What is interesting is some of these Tracer Sprays also have a... Uh, voice mechanic. So when she sprays like the comic spray, like Zap, Tracer says Zap. So it's kind of like a combination spray emote, which I don't think exists for any other character to my knowledge. It's pretty Man. cool. Yeah. So it could be a, a sign of, of things that uh, that might come. And we didn't talk a little bit about this at all in the last episode, but the last patch that uh, rolled out with the comic challenge, uh, it increased. The lever ban penalty in competitive. So if you play competitive and you leave consistently, you start to get banned. So the ban scale, well, the penalty that would be imposed on you to give you a season ban is a lot quicker to obtain. So if you are a lever, think twice, or you may already have found you're no longer able to compete in competitive. And the last news, which is also potentially the biggest news when it comes to Activision Blizzard, is BlizzCon Line. See what they did there? BlizzCon Line has been announced. So obviously with the pandemic, uh, BlizzCon, which we would have come to expect taking place in October, November, was canceled. Blizzard... Or Activision Blizzard, has decided to move it online. And BlizzConline will take place February 19 and 20. Now, they haven't shared too many details so far. They're uh, in the announcement. They talked about how there is going to be a cosplay contest. They're doing a virtual March of the Murlocs. Uh, there are other sort of uh, fan-centric events that are taking place. None that are too sort of Overwatch, or Overwatch League specific. Uh, no podcaster's alley um but if there happens to be guaranteed i'm going to nominate sam for something
1: i think what this r- news really means is it kind of means i won the bet doesn't it
0: okay well no the bet was overwatch 2 is out by end of 2020
1: mhm okay they're and not it, even doing the conference this year
0: but that doesn't necessarily mean like again if overwatch 2 comes out in beta form this year that's out that that counts in my books i got i got until december 31
1: Fair enough. I'm going to start doing my, my pre-victory lap.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um, but yeah,
0: that is it long episode, all things considered, especially when Sam was trying to prepare you for the fact that we didn't have much to talk about. Trust us mm-hmm. here at RSP to always find things to talk about. We've got a few irons in the, uh, the oven as it uh, uh, pertains to uh, some guests in future episodes um, we can't share any you know, specific details yet, but uh, we've got some pretty cool names that are uh, going to be joining us in uh, the near future. So you'll definitely want to stay tuned either by following us on social media. If you haven't done so already, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at ready set or being a member of uh, ready set Pone discord discord.io slash ready set That's where we share uh, all of the latest and greatest information. If there happens to be a guest you would like to hear from, feel free to float it our way. We may already be in touch for all you know, but if we're not, Sam will email just about anyone. Let me tell (laughs) you.
1: Except people have already insulted on air.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You won't. He doesn't, he doesn't Yeah, if the bridges burn. Sam isn't going to go and rebuild (laughs) it, but yeah, he, he will, he will reach out to anyone, but no, we've got some pretty cool guests lined up. Uh, we've sort of alluded to the fact that uh, we're going to continue recording on a weekly basis until the Overwatch League is, is done, and that is going to remain the case. Uh, so look for another episode next week and the week after that, and then subsequently the week after that. So the next three weeks, weekly episodes are going to occur. But Omni, Sam, and myself, we're sort of talking about what the off-season is going to look like for us and, and how the content will, will float. We are going to eventually drop down to episodes every couple of weeks um simply because there's only, you know, so much information that we can share. But if some, you know, earth-shattering news were to occur in the Overwatch League scene, whether it be specific to the Vancouver Titans or the Final Defiant or or something that we feel we need to communicate to you we'll throw in a bonus episode here or there as needed or possibly a live stream. Um, We don't want to sit on information for a few weeks uh, because it becomes stale. And, And let's be honest, you know, Sam tilting or Omni singing songs is, is what you tune into each and every week. And why would I want to keep that from you? Right? Exactly. But yeah, here we are, Sam, the moment where I, I ask you if, there are any final words of wisdom that you'd like to share and and seeing as Omni is not here to provide us Omni's deep thoughts. Do you have any?
1: Yeah. I feel like Omni actually like Googles like what to say beforehand, whereas I just make it up on the spot or I'm the one Googling it. And Omni is the one that makes it up on the spot. I'll leave that for you to decide.
0: Mm -hmm. That's kind of deep. I, I am impressed on the spot. Uh, As for me, I want to remind everyone that uh, we are looking to ramp up for Extra Life. Extra Life Game Day is going to take place in November, so there's plenty of time uh, for you to get involved. If it's something that you want to, to take part in, please join us. Everyone is welcome to join Team RSP. And when I say everyone, I truly mean everyone. You do not have to like Overwatch. You do not have to like the Overwatch League. You do not have to like the Vancouver Titans. You do not like, have to like the Toronto Defiant. You could you could maybe even not like gaming, though that kind of makes it a little bit awkward. But what we're really wanting to do is help connect the Overwatch League scene in Canada from coast to coast. And while that's sort of our our Premise for for what we're doing, that's simply recognizing that our community and you, our listeners, are probably tuning into us for that reason. But if you have friends or family that are gamers, whether it be in the gaming uh, uh, scene or they play video games or board games or what have you, everyone's welcome to join Team RSP to help sick and injured kids. So, again, to join uh, Extra Life, go to bit.ly, so bit.ly slash rsp extra life 2020. All the details are there. And if you want to learn more, please reach out to myself, reach out to Sam, reach out to Omni, and uh, we'll do our best to address any questions. Last but not least, contest. I mentioned this at the top of the show. So how is it that you enter? Well, again, just as a reminder, there are two skins available. These are skin tokens. So essentially 100 tokens, so skin codes. Uh, One will be given to the best Vancouver Titans cheer or chance or reason that you follow them another will be given to the best Toronto defiant to cheer chant or reason that you follow them. How do you get us those messages? Well, you have to leave us a voicemail or send us a voice message. So by sending us a voice uh, message, you just go to voicelink.fm slash ready, set uh, You can record in your browser. You just need a microphone. I think I actually believe you can also just go on like your mobile device. If that's just as easy and record the message there, send it our way. And then uh, our phone number, which, you know, it just occurred to me, I don't have at the top of my uh, hands to, uh, to share with you, but uh, we talk about it on uh, almost every episode and then Sam and Omni make fun of me, but uh, you can also send us a voicemail the traditional way. So, you know what, just do the voicelink.fm slash reset phone. Easier said than done that way. So, yeah. On behalf of the Missing and Action Omni at Omni Strife, myself Chris at Late Forest, and the illustrious Sam at Another Sam Chan, I'm going to sign this episode off with those magical two words: catchphrase. Thank you.